listening to SFP Now. Okay, uh, welcome to another episode of the SFP Now Review Show. Joining me as always is my good friend, Max Pyle. How are you today, Max? Doing good, doing good. How are you? I- I've been doing good. I mean, so like, I've, I've uh, been, been, been working with the day job and, uh, you know, I've been get, getting a few reviews in on the website. We we, we did a we did a review of Picard and uh, we posted a review of, um, of of the new show Gotham Knights. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, I, I I was only I wasn't really that impressed. It was it was kind of it just seemed a bit generic. It was all right, but you know I don't think I'm gonna be far away. Well, we could dig into that in here in a moment. Yeah. I, know I got a few things. I saw it too. <laughs> so people can listen to it here, or they can go check out your your article your. Uh review then over on sci-fi polls mm-hmm. uh, well what i've been up to is uh, anthology tales of monstrosity uh is about to uh, the print version's about to come out for all the kickstarter backers <clears throat> oh yeah and uh, i got a good proof copy it looks great it's very thick over 453 pa- 430 pages excuse me 530 pages and uh um and the cover looks great really excited for the kickstarter backers to get their copies and then we're gonna we're gonna announce the pre-order date for the wide release uh, really soon so um let me know when that pre-order is is done because i i, I kind of want to get a paper copy of that awesome thank you um otherwise uh i've been doing some you know, actual play, like live streaming, uh, tabletop RPG play. And uh, I've been uh, doing that. I've done a few sessions now with uh, a channel called Art of the Roll. Uh, it's a Star Wars 5e game, and uh, it's called Risky Rishi Business. <laughs> uh, I joined in a little bit later, later sessions, uh, but I played a Mark IV droid kind of warrior type character. It's kind of fun. And, uh, and then also I've been doing, uh, I just started another one. Uh, from Dream Slayer Studios, and we just came out with at the time of this recording. Just we just came out with chapter one of the series called Get Charlotte, which is using the Five E Everyday Heroes game system. It's like mm-hmm. D twenty modern, you know. Five Five E is the game system like that D and D currently is, and uh, and this is set in a sort of this is set in the world of Tarantino and uh, Robert Urgia's type movies, and um, there'll be guest stars, you know, from the movies and stuff, crisscrossing over with our characters and. I play this um, Russian American former boxer bodyguard guy goes by the name of the Hammer. So it's been mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> well, well, the only the only game I've been playing is WWE uh, 2K22 on the uh, on the PlayStation. Nice. I haven't played uh, it, but I, I loved pro wrestling games on on consoles. They're always fun. I, I used to I used to play the uh, WWF on the arcade machines back in the uh, back in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, you know, you could, you know, just put 20p in there. You could be on there for about for, for about an hour. If you <laughs> <let it. laughs> so, nice. Um, but yeah, you used to get you used to get pulled away from the machine because I had to go training. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so um, yeah, it sounds like you've got quite a lot going on. Um, and um, you know, I just wanted to mention the uh, Tales of Monstrosity. You know, pre-order coming soon. Might be worth mentioning that um, we actually interviewed. Um, well, oh yes, I actually interviewed the um, a few of the riders from 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 the Amphogagy, uh a couple of months back. So um, for anyone that's you know, new to listening to this channel, if you were uh, if you go to our Spotify, um, details will be on the um, will will be on the um, sort of like um, blurb when when we release this episode. Um, if you go to our Spotify and go, go a couple of uh, go back a couple of months, and you, you you'll find that there's um, about two maybe two and a half hours worth of uh, of interviews with with writers of um, of tales from monstrosity. Yeah, it's was, it was a great time. Is it two parter? We have two different separate episodes. Yeah, I can't remember. We did a two parter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, please check that out. Um, thank you for re- remembering that. I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I've got. I've got a. Got one of those memories. I guess. Um. And <laughs> um, we're talking about memories and something that was not so memorable. Um. Um. 
we, we're going to get into the reviews now, folks. So don't worry. Um, we, we um we both watched Gotham Knights last night, and I think I think you probably um are in agreement with me on it. Probably. I don't know 100% what you think of it, but probably. So what do you think? Go for it first. Oh, i got to go first. Maybe <laughs> we go first, then go first. Yeah, well, to be honest, um, I scored it overall. I gave it a 7.2, and I think that was kind of a little generous. Mm-hmm. I gave the story a 6.7, the acting a 7, mm-hmm. uh, CGI and stunts an 8, and incidental music a 7. Cool. So overall, that's aggregated to a 7.2. Um I think if I was just scoring out of 10 and not doing an aggregate scoring like, like we do on the website, mm-hmm. um, I probably would have given it a five. Yeah. But for people that know, Gotham Knights set in the DC Batman universe, sort of. And uh, it's Gotham. It's kind of based on a video game. I mean, there's a video game called Gotham Knights. It's got some similar stuff. Yeah, it's, a, it's nothing to do with a video game. Yeah, it's, which is too bad. And uh you know, Bruce Wayne is murdered. Uh, his adopted son, Turner Hayes, who is like, I mean, he's got like four adopted sons. Could they use one of them <laughs> in the comic books? Uh, but some made up guy, uh, you know, is you know, grieving and, and he's framed for it. And all a bunch of stuff happens. You get a bunch of fugitives together. And and uh, Misha Collins from Supernatural, who played Castiel, plays Harvey Dent. Yeah, he's about the only person over the age of 30 that's in it. That's the main character. <laughs> that's not a bad guy, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, he's good. I think he does a good job for what he has in that first episode. And mm-hmm. I'm curious what he could bring to the character, especially if it goes to Toothface, you know, or not. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I think Olivia Rose Keegan, I think is her name, that plays Dula, the Joker's daughter. She's got a lot of potential there. She brings some in- yeah. interesting energy there. Yeah, I was impressed with her, actually. She's she's kind of like probably about the only uh, cast member um, other than Misha Coggins. I just said that I, but I bought in a mature performance because I think there's more there from coming from Misha Coggins. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what I've seen of him in Supernatural already, he's always pretty good. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes take him a little while to sort of find a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but Duana, I was actually really, really impressed with. Yeah, yeah, she's got some interesting energy, a lot of possibilities there. I mean, you know, Harper, the the Roe siblings aren't terrible. They got some potential, I guess. Uh, but they're just odd characters to choose from in the lore. And mm-hmm. Stephanie Brown is a character I like from the comic books. She's it's too early to really tell one way or another of her. And is she Robin. No, she's the best friend of Turner. Oh, the, blonde, the blonde one that hacked the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's, goes by spoiler in the comic books, and I think she was briefly a Robin. Um, then we get we do have a Robin, and uh, um, I think I can't remember her character's name, Terry Kelly, maybe. Um, and I don't know if that co- character is in the comic books or not off the top of my head. Um, so there is a Robin sort of in there <laughs> um and i don't know i feel like those goggles they remind me a little bit of like the there's a there's a female robin from some alternate future like comic book run it's just i'm totally blanking what it is uh, maybe it's dark knight of, returns are you thinking about the dark knight returns yeah i think it is dark knight returns i just wonder if that is where they took that from or if that even might be the name of the character i don't know haven't looked that up um but anyway there's it's kind of very cw-ish and and and, uh not so great ways sometimes it's a very odd choice for them to do at this time for production because of what's happening with cw and arrowverse ending Mm. uh I remember when I heard about it, I was just like, that's so weird. It's not connected to Arrowverse at all. And it's, you know, it just, it's probably really bad timing for it. <clears throat> and uh, it does look like the budget wasn't great and wasn't super fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's not, I, I would be highly surprised if we get a season two because of what's going on in CW, no matter what, even if it was fantastic. Um, so it's, it's, so this is a weird place where you're like, oh, there's a show. I don't really know why they coming out this right now. Don't know why it's not like the game and the chances of it surviving are almost nil. So that kills a lot of energy too. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the game, you've got, Bat, you've got Batgirl, you've got, um, you've got Robin, you've got, um, oh, what was the name of the, um, the, the, the villain from Arrow season two? Keep Deathstroke? You got Death, you got Deathstroke. Oh, mm-hmm. Oh, I think you got Deathstroke. No, no, it's not Deathstroke. It's Red Hood. Sorry. Oh, Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah. 
it was, um, it was so weird that it, it made up this Turner Hayes character because it's like you got four adopted sons. Like, why not? Like, was it the Warner didn't, you know, like the executives didn't give them permission to use one of them? Or you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the name is well, Turner Hayes. It sounds so generic. It just sounds kind of meh. <laughs> yeah. And then they give him a whole lot to, to work with either in this, this first episode, at least. Yeah. I think even if they had given him a lot to work with, he would have fucked it up anyway. You know, <laughs> you know he, and I'm just not impressed with the actor at all. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to give him, you know, I, I like, you know, there, he didn't have a whole lot to play with. So I don't want to judge his acting too much. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I just think he's another Tom Wagon. Oh, yeah. Well, Tom Wellings then had a pretty decent career. He's got to come back now. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. But anyway, yeah. So not the greatest show and almost almost net chance to survive, which I feel bad for Misha Collins about because it's like I hate that his show he gets picked up on. That's a Batman show, which you normally would have a really good chance. Um is probably dead in the water so well we've had quite a few decent batman shows and i mean we've we had gotham which you know kind of had a mixed reaction mm-hmm. when it came out you even loved or hated it i personally loved it and uh followed it through our all its seasons and we also had a uh, pennyworth uh, which has just been cancelled after its third you know after its third season and pennyworth is really good it's about alfred pennyworth it's set in 60s london in an alternate few in an alternate reality of 1960s London, in which Britain lost the world, lost the world war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. I was surprised how much I liked. That. I haven't seen the, the the last season of it, but uh, I enjoyed everything else I've seen. So you've, far. you've also got Titans as well, which is um, um, again, it's another one that that's got a um, mixed reaction from the audience. But I, I personally like it. Yeah, I wonder if that was why they couldn't get dick grayson or jason uh whatever his name is last name probably because they've used both those characters in titans haven't they you know they, yeah and then gosh do they have tim too i can't remember what the, the new robin's name is yeah they got tim drake as well yeah so they probably and they have Dam- uh, do they have damien damien right now no i'm confusing <laughs> jason um so maybe Turner Hayes will end up being actually secretly Damien. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. He'll go all he'll go all assassinating and like, ah, I was just trying to live a normal life, but I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Must I uh, must rejoin the League of Shadows. <laughs> Probably not. But you know, if they had made him Damien, you would be kind of like you could you could convince people for an episode or two that maybe he really did murder Batman. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. know exactly. This guy's a little psycho sometimes. Yeah, I mean, especially in the comic books, he's really psycho in the comic books. Yeah, uh, 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 the concept is interesting, you know, and it, it, you know, I can see some potential, I guess, but you know, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work out, and it, it it wasn't it didn't blow me away at all in this first episode, so. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I like the the Court of Owls, and you know, it's cool to see them live action, or well, sort of. But we've already sort of used the Court of Owls as well. They used them in Gotham as well. Yeah, I didn't see that, but yeah, as I was saying that out loud, I remembered that they were in Court or Gotham. Um, they're interesting, you know, threat in in Gotham. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be as interesting as probably Go- as Gotham had them on. Okay, so for for uh, Gotham Knights out of ten, I'm going to go five point five. Wow, <laughs> I'm going to say six with with hopes that Dula and Harvey Dent are just going to blow me away by the end of the season, and I'll be like, they need to get something in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so uh, now we're going to go, go on to uh, you know change tack a little bit and go 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 into the sort of like science fiction horror genre um, with a uh, wolf pack, and uh, this was this is the penultimate episode of the first season. Um, I think it's only eight episodes is Wolf Pack, and it's sort of like the episode was called Lion's Breath. And uh, we kind of have the reveal about Ramsey in this one. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Michelle Ganger, you know, all these years that we've known her in Buffy and, you know, she's a werewolf, folks. I always suspected. Yeah, you know, it's all like, uh, you know, it was all it was all the hair removal stuff in the uh, in, in, in the bathroom, in the bathroom scenes in Buffy. That gave it away sort of thing but yeah she she's she's a werewolf and um she's obviously well i won't say obviously but i i think it's pretty obvious she's obviously the mother to the two kids you know the two, two kids have been, been, been raised by the um by, by the part ranger that's um obsessed with silver bonnets sort of thing but um you know so I, some big reveals in that episode um we're seeing another um 
another team get 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 done in. Um, but this is something I've been chatting with this on and off with Nick Nicholas Yanes, who writes for Sci-Fi Pulse. Mm-hmm. Did that interview recently for the uh, for the site, and um, he's he's he, he's drew my attention to something, What's and that? I'm wondering if you've noticed. Have you noticed how all the dudes have a similar sort of look to them in terms of the physique? And yet I mean, all, all, all the women can have different physiques, but not the guys. Well, they're all shirtless all the time, so that's one. <laughs> yeah, they're all shirtless all the time, but they've all got very similar sort of like a uh, ripped sort of like physique. Yeah, they got the TV shirtless look. Yeah, they're all got ripped physique, kind of like a runner or, or a swimmer type physique, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they do look a little, especially, yeah, there's a few of them that look a lot alike in many ways. Um, a little bad lighting, you may forget who's who. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah the well, women are a lot more diverse in their appearance and don't get as shirtless unfortunately we got yeah. a naked guy in this one no no naked women what's up with that well, well yeah I, th- I think sarah michelle ganger was pretty naked in that scene where ah, she it's true it was all cgi and stuff. But, I mean, she was this. yeah it was obviously done from a distance but it was a beautiful shot it was a beautiful shot yes it was just a beautiful bit of cinematography that yeah, yeah. It's, it, she had an interesting look it's kind of like kind of remind me of cheetah a little bit like from wonder woman in some ways yeah. like a wolf cheetah type look like their physique was very cheetah-ish in a way like in the comic books and stuff but well, uh i've been surprised by wolfpack I mean, i've just been surprised that i've actually enjoyed it so much from from point of view of uh of of, of the mystery box show that it is and uh with being werewolves and and, and horror because mm-hmm. horror as i said as i said before it's not really my genre mm-hmm. yeah i think it's um i've been surprised how good it is too and uh i think you should check out teen wolf if you like it because it's the style that jeff davis does in a way i think um especially season two on teen wolf uh, I mean, he's kind of perf- gotten better at it and perfected a little bit in, in Wolfpack, but he's got this r- weird, you know, tension building and weird dreams and visions and stuff in a lot of his and mysteries and stuff in his, in his work. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the episode was good. Um, you know, the, the reveal was, you know, I, I, I think they'll absolutely gagging to do that reveal from probably around that episode three onwards and surprised that they actually held it over until the penultimate episode i was surprised whenever i finished episode seven and i saw the next episode was the finale i was like what already what you know i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to it and um you know and ho- hopefully there's a season two or 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 is it just gonna be a one-off series I th- well i don't know if they're i'm sure they're planning on trying to do a season two i don't know mm-hmm. i hope so Okay, well, for me, um, if out of 10, I think I'd give that one a, you know, a 9.5. Yeah, I'd probably give it a 9, just because sometimes I feel like their tension, sh- their suspense shots drag out a little bit too long sometimes. Well, I just added the point five because of that, because of that beautiful shot when, when she turned oh, yeah. werewolf into, I, I just, that that was just artistic. That was, that's, that was something that you could you know if you get a screen grab of that and blow it up and you, uh, you know that's something that look good on the wall well that's true for this particular episode maybe maybe it should be at least 9.25 because of that shot alone <laughs> <laughs> uh that was a really well done shot they've had a lot of good shots and even that like the beginning uh with um the character kind of having his scream hallucination type stuff with uh mm-hmm. with, with uh baron naked baron <laughs> And around uh you know there's some really freaky stuff in there with the mirror and and other things and how they did the weird cuts and stuff that were pretty cool so they, they definitely i love the shot from the pre- previous episode from episode uh six mm-hmm. where where the werewolves dragging that dragging that girl across across the, across the roof yeah yeah the guy's I, looking I, I question the why he jumped on the roof to do that but it was a cool shot <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it was, it was um, you know, it's pretty good. Um, so nine five and uh, nine point two five from you. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get a season two, and and I'm looking forward to the finale. I, I am, you know, so like, uh, you know, it's it's kind of sad it's come to an end, though. But then again, they did they did actually show showed three the three episodes um in the same week and, and you know for the first week didn't they or was it two oh, i think it was two I don't remember it's a very common thing though on streaming now that i'm like put down three episodes once mm-hmm. i don't remember okay. they did that with the next one we're going to talk about yes yeah, <laughs> spirits um skew spirits is the next one we're going to talk about and the uh episode um unlike uh, gotham knights which was just generic and gave us an episode called pilot <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> in, in School Spirits, we have an episode called My So-Called Death, uh, which is a premiere episode. Um, sadly, Marts and I have only really managed to watch the premiere episode and not the other two episodes that dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, from we're busy people, busy people. Yeah, you know, we, we, we're busy with, um, with other things outside of all this. Um, but I generally, I generally enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's Peyton, it stars Peyton List, who uh, we know from Cobra Kai. She plays Tori in Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the name of her character in this. Um, I'm blanking on it. Um, but she's a main. Oh, character. it's like Maggie or something. There's a it's big Maddie, name. isn't it? Maddie. Yeah, yeah. And she, well, she plays character called Maddie, who's uh, died in the school boiler room. Um, but you know, she doesn't know how she died, and you know. And it's basically um, about her trying to solve her own murder with um, a group of other ghosts that are that are in the um, that 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 live within the school grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I I quite enjoyed it. I thought I thought the character moments were were, were fun. Um, the the geeky guy with the glasses that sort of like uh, befriended her is is um, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's um it's it's pretty interesting, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see you know find out. Uh, find out how she actually died yeah given yeah. The, 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 the different avenues and of the investigation that she's pursuing yeah, i feel like this is a little um little ghosts you know tv show ghosts mixed in with a lot of veronica mars or something <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with this mystery element and uh, uh yeah i'm liking it a lot i think the lead actress is really great they're, they're all all really good she has a really good uh, you know presence and um and the mystery is set up really well and uh um, I think it's it's got a lot of potential. I'm really really curious to see where they go with it and, and find out the truth. What happened to her? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I've been watching a few Good Men again. I love, <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> and we should mention this is on Paramount Plus, which I, I think Wolfpack is on Paramount Plus too, right? Yeah, they're both um, on Paramount Plus. So. Yeah, I get, I get I get them mixed up sometimes with Peacock, but um, so so I Paramount Plus has got some great stuff, not just Star Trek. It's got it's got some other good shows coming out now. So yeah, I mean it's, it's got a um, it's got eighteen eight was it eighteen eighteen ninety two or something, which is a, a prequel to that Yangastone. Oh yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. And uh, nineteen twenty three, which is another prequel to Yangastone. <laughs> yeah, all these dates, too many dates. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> I, I wasn't even alive in either of those dates. Uh, um, Not too many people are are currently. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember 1666. That, that, that was oh, a, good, uh, yeah. a good year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Skew Spirits, uh, my so-called death. Um, as you said, it's, it's it's set up a mystery box pretty well. Uh, the characters are, are quite likable. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love the scene when she was trying to leave the school grounds and she kept being be, being thrown back. Yeah, she kept reappearing in the bio room. Yeah, which is seems to be where she was murdered. Mm-hmm. And and I love the seventies chick. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just love that reference to the seventies, and uh, because I, I grew up in the seventies and eighties, so I, 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 I saw like uh, I, I remember bell bottoms and and flared pants, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the uh, the reference to her and um, is that oh, she probably did too much acid because she didn't really talk. And the one moment she does talk is when 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 Maddie's being sort of like pull back to the school grounds yeah you know so yeah yeah and it kind of and it hurts after a while and yeah if you keep doing it so you're trapped there you can't leave no. yeah. um so um i don't know i mean what 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 would you give school spirits out of 10 i want to give it room to grow so i'm going to say like, like 8.5 let's say mm. it's still very it's a strong premiere but i want to give it some room to grow it's, it's just starting out <laughs> i'm going to go over an 8.25 all right there you go um so so I can, you know we can give it a little bit more to grow room to grow there well, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was pretty good. Um, now it, kind of, it kind of reminds me in some ways of some some older shows that came out, like Dead Like Me, and uh, well, yeah, I guess mainly Dead Like Me. It's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But it I think has... definitely was a little bit more sarcastic, though, wasn't it? It was, it was. It's it's kind of dark, but it has a sense of humor. So it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. I think if you like Dead Like Me, you'll you'll like it. But but it does remind me of little Veronica Mars ish, and it, it's a good show. I'm curious to see where to go. Okay, uh, so now we're moving on to uh, Poker Face season one, episode ten, a hook. I've still not managed to watch Poker Face because guess what? It's not on Peacock here in this country. Seriously? Wow. 
Mm. You know, but then again, Peacock shows Quantum Leap, and we don't get that in this country either on on the Peacock thing here. You know, the Peacock we're getting we we're getting through Sky Television. It's bloody awful. This song, like this, there's not really a great choice of shows from mm. from what I've noticed on it. So. Well, this is a a good one. Hopefully, it'll come over to your side of the pond soon, um, in some fashion. And I'm I'm getting hopeful about Peacock's originals now. This is a really good show. There's Miss Davis coming up soon. It's got a nun versus AI. <laughs> it looks crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that their originals are going to grow. Uh, so in Hook, Charlie, their lead character, she kind of gets in trouble with, uh, she gets caught finally by uh, the main bad guy who's been looking for because of what she did in the, in the premiere. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of has to deal with that, which has uh, unexpected outcomes uh, and complications <laughs> and things so- that get her in trouble cops too. So I know every everyone's been a different mystery. There is sort of like a, a little bit of an art to it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a so this one's a little different, but then it also has a murder mystery because there's a murder in it, and it's got great. Ron Perlman is in this episode. He's the main bad guy, Sterling Frost, who's been looking for her. Clea Duvall makes an appearance in this as her sister. Um, Simon Helberg uh, returns as this FBI agent who's you know from Big Bang Theory. Um, uh, there's uh, there's another name I don't want to say. It, it, it's an actress that's well known um, that may be playing a big part in next season. And uh, yeah, they have this show has amazing guest stars and lots of cool angles. So um, so this sort of ends the main. The first arc the reason why she was on the road but creates a new reason why she has to be on the run <laughs> and continue these uh, these adventures so and i think we get to learn a little bit more about her a little bit by being her sister and learn a little bit more about her background too so it's it's a really good episode it's if you like mysteries uh, and you like mysteries with sluice like um like a columbo or a, or a monk or, or whatever kind of show oh yes Fletcher from Murder She Wrote. Yes, or Jessica Fletcher. Then this is this uh this is this has that classic mystery TV feel that kind of scratches that itch, but it's done in a really new, different way. Like it often messes with the con- you know the uh, the continuity or the uh, the order the stories told and goes from different angles and it's very mm-hmm. experimental sometimes. So, so kind of a bit of Tar- bit Tarantino esque. Yeah, sometimes like that. And, and similar to how we did Pulp Fiction, where he told the story out of order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, well, most of the episodes are told out of order in a way, or they're told most of the mystery episodes. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think this one was, but uh, a lot of them are told like, like you kind of see the beginning and you see how the murder happens. And uh, and then that kind of rewinds back and you see what Charlie was doing because you didn't see Charlie during most of the first 10 minutes or whatever. And you see how her journey kind of interweaves in that. And then the mystery moves forward as she tries to uncover what happened. And uh, so it's a really cool way to do it. And uh, and they even that formula, though, they start mixing and playing around that formula in different ways within these 10 episodes. So, so Ryan Johnson, I think is really great when it comes to mysteries. I think he does a really great job. And, uh, and Natasha uh, is great lead. She does. She has a really interesting energy and dynamic to her personality that she gives this character. So he's not so good at space chases though, isn't he? Because his space chase is usually <laughs> about two and a half hours. Well, maybe he's just not supposed to be right in star Wars. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like it's like they were gonna have the two guys at the Game of Thrones do Star Wars. I'm like, why? Why would you have oh, okay. these two people do Star Wars? <laughs> guys from Game of Thrones do Star Wars. Can you imagine what happened? Like, uh, yeah, you know, Cer- Cersei Vader. You know, yeah. that, that Vader just suddenly grows boobs. <laughs> it's like it's like Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder does great stuff, but I don't think he'd be the right mix for Star Wars. <laughs> do we have the scene? Do we do? Do we have the scene with the Ewoks and the Wookies in the brothel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there'd be like. Ewoks jumping in with machetes and chopping off heads at Chewbacca's in slow-mo or something. <laughs> Which yeah. he is coming out of a movie that is like his Star Wars in a way. So that's okay and that's cool, but you know, I, he wouldn't work real well with you know. Uh, have you heard about the new Star Wars documentary that's come out? Uh, it's, 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 it's trending really high in Rotten Tomatoes. Can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's about the, ma- it's about the making of the Star Wars holiday special. Oh boy infamous <laughs> yeah that's a wow it's crazy yeah it's so bad it's it's so bad you just gotta watch it it's just so like car crash it's car crash tag everything it was a holiday special that was made 
I think it was made around 78. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it. And yeah. uh, it had Princess Leia singing and uh, it introduced uh, Chewbacca's family on Kashyyyk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he even had Boba, Boba Fett in it as well. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I don't know if you can watch it anywhere. Like it's on YouTube, I think somewhere. But I don't know if there's somewhere to watch it. I don't know if Disney Plus has it or not. Um, I don't think they do, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do end up releasing it to cash in on the success of this documentary. Yeah, might as well. They might as well. They, they should remaster it and just put it on there. You know, people might watch it in ho- on, during the holidays if they're if they're if they're drunk enough. Maybe. You know, whatever happened to those Ewok movies that came out a long time ago? Oh, Caravan of Courage and the uh, the Ewok Adventure. Yeah, um, yeah. They're they're on Star Wars. They're on. They're on. They're on on Disney. Actually. Are they? Okay, I'll have to check it out. You know, I like. I loved it when I was a little kid watching that. Um, I'm sure it doesn't hold up well now. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, I I watched it. I watched them back in probably around 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed to get hold of a couple of copies of, of them, and they don't really hold up that well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still kind of fun, but you know, I think um, ideal for kids, but not 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 particularly great for adults. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I get that. But they, they even have the they, they had an animated series of C3PO and R2D2 of their adventures between them, you know, before Star Wars the movie um that they did um in the um in the 80s yeah, well, you even have that on disney plus oh let's check it out i kind of vaguely remember that existed <laughs> yeah. um well speaking of star wars now we're going to move on to star wars the mandalorian chapter 19 the episode was called the convert now you've not seen this one matt so, um, so it's going to be kind of hard to, to make it spoiler free, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, uh, let's talk a little bit. We didn't, we missed Mandalorian last time. So we could talk a little bit about the last episode too, right? So, yeah, well, it, it picks up from where the last episode left off, but then it goes somewhere completely different. Um, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And doesn't doesn't even feature Mandalorian or, or, or a Bo Katan for most of it. Um, but basically, um, in the previous episode, he went to Mandalore mm-hmm. uh, with 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 with, uh, with the baby Grogu, mm-hmm. uh, aka the child, and um, a droid that he picked up from Tatooine, and um, he sort of like got into trouble. He was sort of like abducted by by this really weird, um, you know, concoction of an of an android, and um, yeah, and it's like a like a little insect alien or something that yeah. was Which like I, a cyborg I, I actually thought it was uh i actually thought it was um uh grievous from the um oh yeah he, he had eight arms it was a very similar sort of like look to, to grievous from the um from the clone wars but it's, it wasn't grievous no i'm but, really kind of curious i need to look online and see what he was supposed to be like they've said like what species what you know what, what it was well, yeah as action figure <laughs> But basically what happens is he, you know, uh, Baby Yoda flies a ship and goes back to see Bo-Katan, um, who has to rescue Mando from 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 from, from this uh, beast. Um, he bathes in the waters beneath the uh, mines of Mandalore. And this is the way. This is the way. And he, uh, he, he very nearly drowns. So, so she has to go in after him. Bo-Katan has to go in after him. And while she's going down there, uh, we see um, a mythosaur, um, which actually uh, actually has some quite deep connotations with a uh, with 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 a Mandalorian prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the mythosaur is the um, is is a monster that's featured on Boba Fett's armor. You know, mm-hmm. so, but basically, um, there's, there's some prophecy in Mandalorian in in, in you know for the, for the Mandalorians that the person that actually. Um, you know, meets the mythosaur or or whatever. When the mythosaur returns, and and the person that witnesses the return, which in this case would be Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, is the next leader of Mandalore, sort of thing. So, um, so I, I'm I'm not sure what the exact prophecy is because I, I didn't see all of the Clone Wars episodes, and 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 um, I'm not really an expert when it comes to the mythology of Star Wars, yeah. um, because there's so much of it and there's so much of it to unpack, but. Um, but basically, um, this, this creature showing up uh, pretty much means that Din Djarin is the next leader in Mandalore, 
and uh, they're going to save the planet and uh, you know he's going to restore Mandalore to its um, to its former glory um so to speak but before he does that um he, he's got other things to do um so this episode which is called the convert picks up from where the episode left off and um and you know dinjar and bokatan the child and and um, and his bride um are escaping in in bokatan's ship when when they when they come under attack by um by tie fighters and um and basically um dinjarin says to bokatan you know take him back to the um to, to my ship so he goes back to his ship and flies his ship sees off the tie fighters and um as they're returning to Bokatan's castle, um, a group of TIE fighter bombers uh, destroy her castle. So ba- basically, the Empire, or what's left of the Empire, is after uh, both Bokatan and uh, and Dinjarin because of the um, because obviously they they deposed uh, Moff Gideon in in last season. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. So that's what happened. And then from there, it goes somewhere else completely. Um, and it actually goes to Coruscant, uh, where <coughs> you meet the cloner, Dr. Pershing. Remember the guy that was doing the clone of, Yoda, of, of Baby Yoda in the first season? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, he's back. And him and a bunch of uh, bunch of Imperials, former Imperial Stormtroopers, um, have been given amnesty and they're, they're, they're being rehabilitated back into the, back into sort of like, uh, lives um, where, where they're working for the New Republic. And uh, Pershing's actually joined by Elia Kane, um, who was um, the communications officer um, on Moff Gideon's ship. You know, she, she's the uh, lady with the short hair. If you remember, I don't know if you remember her. She had really short hair. Oh, um, Elia uh, Kane, played by Kitty O'Brien. That's the one, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually worked with her before. She okay. She's from Indiana, Indianapolis area. We did a short, short film. Um, or she's uh, co-starred in it, and uh, and then that, uh, and she went off and left. She was a police officer back then, actually. And then she went off to uh, to L.A. and got her acting career going. So, <laughs> yeah, she she actually um, she actually played a police officer in the rookie. Um, she was rookie police officer and decided oh, yeah. she should know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, she, had the, she, had, she, had, she she did an episode that as a guest star. Um, yeah, she's she's pretty cool. I'm glad to see that she's been having such success. So I know I've seen some other stuff. She's she's actually an Ant Man, the third movie. I haven't seen it yet, but she she plays a part in that. Cool. Well, well, in this she's Anya Kane, and um, Anya Kane is a um, let's just say she's an evil piece of work, and uh, Pershing's quite gungable. And I'll leave it at that because if I say any more, I'm just going to completely spoil the episode for you. Yeah, uh, don't do that. Majority of it is is about Elia Kane and and Pershing and and um, and and this whole whole amnesty thing sort of thing. But it's really really good. It's um it was a really good episode. It was an interesting it was an interesting diversionary story to mm-hmm. see some somebody else's story within the context of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And, and it returns back to Mandalore, Mandalorian and and uh, and Bo-Katan at the end. Um, but if say if you say anything more, it's just it's just going to spoil things for you. So we'll yeah. leave it there. But for this episode, I'm I'm gonna say it was a solid it was a solid nine. Cool. Yeah, I love the Mandalorian. This season, I haven't seen this episode, but this season hasn't been quite as amazing for me as the previous ones just because I'm getting used to it, I guess. But um but it's still been very strong. It's still some of the best sci-fi TV on. So I'm looking yeah. forward to checking it out. I think one of the things is um, the child's uh, not no longer the main main story. No, and he couldn't keep that up very easily. So it's really weird that they uh, had some of the Mandalorian story in the Boba Fett series, book Boba Fett. Uh, I just wonder if that confused anybody. <laughs> like, if people didn't watch that, I don't know why a Star Wars fan wouldn't watch that. But, you know, if you just were just watching Mandalorian only and you didn't yeah. check it out, I think that would be kind of confusing. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, the kid's back? What? What's going on? <laughs> Boba Fett story wasn't that great. No, it, it was it was the best thing about Boba Fett was when Mandalorian came in. Yeah. But uh, so it's just she just made it Mandalorian season three and this be season four. That's what they should do. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, because you actually had um, two solid episodes of, of a book of Boba Fett, where in which Boba Fett wasn't in them. It was basically just man. It was basically just Din Djarin, uh, yeah. about his business without without the baby Yoda, and and we even had a you know. A few scenes of Luke Skywalker change training a baby older in that. Yeah, well. that was pretty cool. Want to see more of that? 
Um, yeah, it was really weird, weird way to do that. Uh, I guess they really want to integrate these shows, but it's kind of a <laughs> mutual approach to take. Um, but anyway, so we, we've got, we were talking about star. I love that we live in a time period now where we can talk about in the same week, a new star Wars TV show plus star Trek, you know, all in the same week. Uh, it used to not be the case. Space, the final frontier. Um, we're talking about Star Trek. Um, new episode um, dropped um, today on Paramount Plus, um, and it's called uh, Imposter. All imposters. Um, we're kind of undecided because I, I've, I've seen variations of it: imposter or imposters, sort of thing. And basically, caught by staff meeting facing court martial, paranoia grows as Picard struggles to uncover whether a prodigal crewman from his past has returned as an angai or is an imposter hell-bent on destroying them all. So basically, um, heavy spoilers, people. Yeah, yeah. Warp because, Speed 10 spoilers. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler Warp Speed 10. So um, if you don't want it, this is the last show we're covering uh, for this show but today, but if you don't want to be spoiled, um, it's probably best that idea for you to, to tune out now. Uh, but given that this episode's not not going to drop right away, we you know we we record a week in hand um, before before we drop episodes. Um, I should imagine most Trek fans would have would have watched the show by then. But yeah. we'll give the spoiler warning anyway uh, for those that haven't. Um, so, Matt, um, do you do you want do you want to sort of like uh, summarize it a bit more? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Ro Lauren. Uh from TNG has returned. Mm. Yeah, I was really surprised to see her. I was like, oh, she was, I really enjoyed that character. And I, I, she was supposed to be the one that originally they were eyeing to be second command, D Space Nine, right? If I'm not mistaken, the actress didn't want to return though. I, I think so. I mean, you know, so like uh, Michelle mm. Forbes also reprises the role. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. And she's a great actress. <clears throat> So, uh, so it's a great surprise. Plus, not only that, she's deeply rooted in the story because she's what connects uh, the A A story to the B story. Yeah, she she brings Worf and and uh, Raffi um, into contact with Picard and 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 Riker by, by the end of the episode. Uh, but it's a hang of an episode. I mean, the mm-hmm. scenes between between Picard and Ro, um, where the um, where, where they're unpacking all of their um, of, of their baggage and 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 the, the issues that they've had with each other, uh, Picard seeing himself as a mentor figure, but maybe being a bit too focused on Starfleet and 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 rules and regs and and her you know feeling constrained by that mm-hmm. yeah um, well, you know that's that story with her was what gave birth to the, the maquis you know to the star trek universe which he did yeah just had a ripple effect throughout the, the, T, the well, tng d space nine and and voyager but the the, the moment that the, the moment that really got me was when you know picard says you broke my heart mm-hmm. and uh and, and and she says well you broke mine yeah yeah. It's just the uh, you know, and 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 by that point, they they come to the conclusion that neither one of them is a changing it, because we we kind of the way she, the way the introducer, um, you kind of thinking right away she's a changing it, mm-hmm. you know, e- even when she cuts herself with the knife because we've seen that the changelings can actually pass as human now more more easily because because of the 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 examination that Crusher does on the um on the changing that was seen off last week. Even when even when she cuts herself, you still think she's a changing in. And it isn't until they get into the hogger deck and they unpack all that baggage and 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 the back and forth with them that, that you think, nah, you know. Well yeah, the changelings we've seen so far, they, they aren't very emotional. <laughs> yeah. They are like they're like T one thousand personalities so far. <laughs> yeah, they, but it's um but it's a it's a hang of an episode and um we also have some more fun with Worf and Raffi. Yeah, lots of good fun. You know, who was that? The the, the Vulcan gangster guy. That guy, actor looked familiar. I wonder if that's that one actor that I... Um, I think it might have been, looking up now, um, because, uh, I think he was in 12 Monkeys, the TV series. Yeah, that's who I was and thinking of. He was also in Arrow as well, played a villain in Arrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Todd Stashwick was in 12 Monkeys. He played Deacon. I think it's Kirk. Is it Kirk Avicido played Vulcan? Maybe. I don't. I'm looking at IMDb and say specifically what I'm looking at, at least. 
it sounded just like him and, and looked looked a lot like him. It's a little difficult to tell 100%. It kind of looked like him. I mean, he's not credited with it on IMDb, but then again, there's been a few people that have been in in the show that haven't been credited on IMDb yet. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm almost certain it is because he's a really good actor. It's, his role in Arrowverse wasn't the greatest, but everything else, he did a good job for what he got. <laughs> but uh, uh, everything else, he's 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 great in. So, and he did a good job. He did a very memorable Vulcan gangster. That's not something you would normally think of a Vulcan gangster. Hopefully, he'll he'll pop back up sometime. You wouldn't associate Vulcans with gangsters, though, wouldn't you? Um, no, no, you wouldn't. Um, yeah, I, I uh, um, Liam Shaw, Captain Liam Shaw, is still an interesting character too. And I'm loving Shaw. Yeah, he's got an interesting personality dynamic what, with them. Shaw, Shaw is what I I would be like if I met Riker and Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I mean, you know, people who live in that world, they don't see what we see. They don't. They, they hear about what happened and stuff. So, and of course, a lot of people are upset. I don't think unfairly blame Picard for uh, the deaths that he did. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not very fair to do that. Uh, anybody who's been a simulator knows someone who's been a simulator knows that's not uh, not their fault. Well, I mean, I I love the um, also the um, Ed, Ed Spears, um, the actor that plays uh, Jack Rusher, is hitting it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, and something's wrong with him. Something's up yeah, with Jack. Something's definitely up with Jack. <laughs> and 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 he didn't know Jack about it. But... Yeah. Did you say he was crushing it? Did you just say that for Jack Crusher? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he said he was knocking out of the pan. Oh, okay. Well, you should say crush. I've had nightmares about seeing a doctor called Crusher. You know, I've never actually seen a doctor called Crusher and you know in 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 in, in the NHS here in England. Um ho- hopefully they're hopefully they're private. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well i'm really curious to see what the mystery is about him with this whole these visions and stuff um i'm hoping hoping it's not really generic hope it really ties in maybe maybe it's something that even explains a little bit more why dr crusher didn't share his existence to john luke because i still don't quite buy the reasoning behind that but Mm. yeah or or maybe i should say if i do buy it then i'm disappointed in beverly crusher acting that way so the relationship they had together yeah but they 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 did break up about five times i know but if you have a kid it's a little different you know it's it's not fair it'd be different if picard was some drunk guy or something uh you know that was violent to her children or something uh you know i think with their working relationship and all the adventures they've gone through and stuff i think he at least owed to be be told that he had a kid, you know, rather than just disappearing. I'm still, I'm still crossing my fingers, hoping there's some kind of augment something storyline going on because that's what I was theorizing before. So I'm really hoping there's something. <laughs> um, well, we don't know Jack about what's up with Jack, and uh, we don't. That, that's going to be going to be an interesting reveal. And you know, we've only got five episodes left. It seems mm-hmm. to have gone so quick. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I. I really hope that if we don't get any more Picard, that we at least get more of these characters, many of these characters in this timeline or this time period, I guess I should say, and another show. Because I think if they don't, it'll be a wasted opportunity. So, Well, the fan base is already petitioning for it. Actually, there's actually a petition on change.org, or, or is it change.org, the uh, petition site? I think so, um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's change.com or something, but... Uh, there's a petition on there. It's got it's got over eight thousand signatures already. It needs ten thousand for it to um, you know for it to reach the the change.org target. Uh, but basically, they're petitioning for a spin-off series from Picard with Terry with Terry Matagas at the helm. Yeah. Um, but personally, I said in last week's review that they should actually uh, you know get rid of Alex Kurtzman and just have Terry Matagas oversee all the Star Trek shows. Because he knows Star Trek. He, he knows what the fans like. And, you know, Kurtzman doesn't. Kurtzman's made quite a lot of errors, uh, Discovery being one of them. Yeah. yeah. I think they need to. I think we've seen now with Picard, especially season three of Picard and with Strange New Worlds, what people really want for Star Trek. I don't, uh, to me, it wasn't a mystery. I don't know why, you know, they couldn't get it. But, um, you know, th- these are the kind of stories like the format of Strange New Worlds, actually exploring new worlds. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> idea, right? Instead of having war or as a center plot line or stretching out up one story throughout a whole season, 
you know, that, that format, which is what worked so well for Star Trek for Salon, you know, is what people are wanting, uh, or, and, or they want the TNG, you know, time period, the T not just TNT, TNG, DS9, Voyager, you know, that's a lot of shows, a lot of characters. Like we never got to know for most of those characters, what officially happened to them, you know, later. And we want to see the next generation spun off from those characters as well. Exactly. Know? Yeah. I'm loving the, um, I'm loving the Forge. I think she's, you know, Although she's not really had a great deal to do other than piloting the ship and um and going smoke up seven of nines, but um <laughs> she's she's kind of um uh, you know, she's an likable character and you know, the fact that she's Jordan the Forge's daughter as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and actually Nivar Burton's real life daughter. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Which is which is awesome. You know, um, so yeah, I I, I want to see more of these characters. Um, you know, I want to see more of um of 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 um of Captain Liam Shaw. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And I just like you know, now we're finding out a little bit more about Fallout with the Dominion. Where you know we're seeing like what happened to Seven and Nine. We we know we're a little more about Admiral Janeway. I mean, if you watch the the cartoon, you get to know a little more about her too. But um, but I love just this interaction of characters from the different shows and different storylines, and I think it's it's really awesome. It's better than trying to start from scratch with a prequel that tries to ignore a bunch of storylines and then messing up, then messing up on the continuity of it. Yeah, um, then messing up on the continuity of it and stuff. With, yeah. warp, with warp drives that are operated by mushrooms, and <laughs> <laughs> someone's been eating some mushrooms when they wrote that novel. <laughs> Yeah, Discovery was a misstep. Nothing against well, I I have grown to like Discovery in the later seasons, but uh, but I it was a complete misstep in the beginning. It just was. It was a it was a mess up. I don't think anybody can look at that and be like. I mean, I'm not to take it away from anybody who did like it. I'm not saying that, but I think it was a misstep for the existing fan base and for that brand. Uh, just a, a misunderstanding of what Star Trek was about, you know, and trying to turn it into an action, dark action piece um, and reinventing things about the Klingons, who are the most famous species of Star Trek that didn't need to be reinvented. I mean, you can add some new stuff, but they didn't need to like completely reinvent them. Plus, that makeup had to be expensive and, and add a lot of production cost for something that no one liked. <laughs> so... So a bit of a mess up. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I mean, Prodigy is great. I mean, I, I've I've loved the I've seen the first five episodes of Prodigy. Yeah, well, it gets even better. Prodigy does. It feels more like Star Trek in the later episodes. And uh, lower decks have not really gotten into because I just don't like the idea. I'm just not really into the idea of a Star Trek comedy series. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But yeah, I get what you mean. It's a little jarring tone-wise from what we're used to. Whereas, where, whereas you can start, I'm not saying that Star Trek doesn't do comedy, but I like it doing comedy when it's in the context of Star Trek, when it's all like something like Data's Day. Yeah, Ian, you're just like, I'm not a merry man. I don't want the comedies. I'm not a merry man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a miserable old bastard. <laughs> Well, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks is somehow going to do a crossover. I'm very curious to see how they pull that off. But yeah. I, I, I really hope they do like a franchise crossover at some point. Like there've been rumors about that. Um, I would just love to see that. Like Picard, people crisscross with Strange New Worlds. You know, that'd be awesome. And then Discovery too. And I think that would be great. Yeah, they were actually asked recently. I mean, someone asked Jonathan Frakes why Paramount Plus hasn't done a Star Trek movie. And, you know, basically it's because the rights for the movies are with C are with uh are with Paramount while the T V series are with CBS, and that's basically it. And mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that should actually stop Paramount Plus from doing a movie. They could do a TV movie. Yeah, know? it's a, it's a little blurry line. Um, um, or they could, or they could do a miniseries, like a big event miniseries, where it's two hour, where it's two hour chapters, like like they did in the eighties and seventies with uh, things like Rich Man Poor Man V. Mm -hmm. I think you that's know? the way they should go, and that actually makes a lot of sense for streaming format. Um, if they did something like that like a miniseries for a big crossover. It'd be pretty cool. That, that, that could be it. You know, you could do the miniseries crossing over Voyager, TNG and Deep Space Nine um, and, and bring in, you know, merge, merging all those 25th century characters together. I mean, what's, uh, what's Major Kira up to these days? Um, what happened to Cisco? Did he, did he return from the, uh, from, from the prophets? We know what he did in the comics and the books, but, the, the the comics and the books, I don't think, um, are actually no, continuity with the TV series. No, they're not. They're not canon. 
Um, yeah, I would love to see all all those things, and like like the Doctor from Voyager. I'd be curious to see what he's doing. Uh, A lot of the characters. Um, you know, I just I just hope they do it. I think Picard's the one that's doing it. Uh, Strange New Worlds is something I didn't think would work, but it's working really well. Um, but you know that and Picard, I think there are two. You know, yeah, two, two leaders. Strange New Worlds, it's sort of like, um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I really think it's, you know, a lot of people, when when they found out that TNG was happening, were actually hoping for something like Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. back in the day. But, you know, taking nothing away from TNG, which actually sort of like kept Star Trek alive um, and and proved to be as good as the original series and in terms of its longevity and um and, and the likable character that got bored us. It's um, you know, it's it's just so like um, I think think the 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 the, the um the, the the feeling about Strange New Worlds is a bit mixed in the fandom because it's still fans are not really into it. Yeah, it's still it's still another prequel. It's still playing around the timeline. It does a much better job than Discovery did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is the one thing that holds it back. Like I love, I think the format, the storytelling is really good. I think. I like a lot of the actors, but that is the one thing that always makes me like kind of cringe a little bit because I'm like, oh man, you're so, you know, you're so held by all this continuity, held back by all this continuity and history and stuff of what we know comes in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that always makes me a little hesitant to get mm-hmm. my hopes up too much. Obviously, they played around quite a bit with the continuity regarding the Gorn. Yeah, and you know, I have mixed feelings about that. But the Gorn is also just an alien race that appeared once, so it, the Ferengi changed a lot from their first appearance to everything else beyond that. So, I, I think it's—I don't think it's terrible to try to tweak tweak a race, a species that's only been in one episode. You know, it's it's different than. Klingons, which have been in so many episodes of stuff. There's books about, you know, the, the Klingon language and everything. It's a little different. <laughs> There's not a lot of Gorn, Gorn uh, uh, books out there. <laughs> Even in the original series, Klingons and the Romulans were recurring Klingons. Yeah, yeah. Although they didn't really take up that many episodes of the original series. Um, I think there was probably only maybe one or two episodes per season mm-hmm. featuring them. But the Klingons needed a different look anyway, which they got in the movies. And because uh, it just didn't look very alien, that was a very that was kind of you know Buck Rogers type alien look that you would have that you know with the limitations of makeup back then. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So <clears throat> imposter out of ten. Oh, I think it's nine point five. Just to give it a little room. I think it's um, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. Although in my review on the uh, which but again the reviews are done the aggregate the total score. I give it nine point eight. Yeah, overall. So I'm going to stick with that. That's not bad. You know, it's uh, it was definitely uh, it's been getting better and better of every episode, right? And so I think that's what you want in a season. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten uh, uh, lore. I'm assuming it's lore yet from the trailer or uh, I'm sorry, or Moriarty. Yeah, or them. You know, and it's like, my gosh, is there going to be any other surprises? Like, I didn't see Roe coming at all. So, you know, who knows if there could be other surprises, too. That's just it, though. No one saw Roe coming. I mean, they, they, they've done really well to keep that secret. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I appreciate that because I don't want to, you know, when you know in advance, it just affects your experience, you know, in the moment. So, All right. That, that's well, another show wrapped up. Yeah. In, in a nice little bow and... um you know, we, we're in grateful to um, our listeners. And um, again, you know, open invitation from last time. Um, if you do have a TV show episode or perhaps even a movie, should we do movies? Sure. If there's a request, we could do a movie. Perhaps even a movie that you want us to talk about, uh, you know, drop us a line, um, you know, through, through the website, uh, sci-fipulse.net. The, um, the details on how to contact us um, are, are pretty much on, on the site. You know, you can you can get hold of me at Ian at sci-fi post.net. Yeah, we should do uh, uh, D&D, the Dungeon Dragons movie. People are either going to love it or hate it. I'm really curious. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I kind of like the look of it, but I don't think it's going to be very d and I've got a feeling that uh, D&D fans are probably going to be disappointed. I, I don't know. Uh, I've heard some people say it actually is. I mean, there's some some things they do that, you know, technically breaks the rules of what you could do as a player. Yeah, but, but you, uh, you never see the characters roll a D20. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> technically, their characters don't roll. <laughs> I, I want to I see, see a D&D film where 
where where the where the warrior rolls a d20 and and it's yeah. all like d like d and d well there are that's a whole that's a whole niche like uh gamers and, and journey quests and stuff you gotta check that out and also i want to see a I want to see a police procedure where when someone says we're combing the streets we have sort of like giant combs combing the streets <laughs> Yeah, I think that actually would work well, really well. I think you know, get some debris. You know, we're <laughs> we're brushing the streets, folks. <laughs> Massive hairbrush. <laughs> but yeah, that's another show for this week. Um, uh, thanks as always for tuning in. Yeah, thanks and, everyone. Uh, we, we'll be back at you in 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 a couple of weeks' time with more reviews and probably another review of Picard because we, we there seems to be the one show that's sort of like uh, that that we're both really into and we're both worth talking about consistently. Oh. Yeah, more Picard coming soon, and and maybe maybe even more Mandalorian. But you know, Superman's to come back, so we can maybe maybe talk about that in the next show. So until next time, bye. bye. bye.